0: Thank <laughs> you. And
1: welcome, this is the World of Boating, Greg, your first mate, Captain Patrick, Mike the Mariner, around and out the crew as we navigate the latest boating news and information, minus Perry, the boater, he's not with us today, so we will, uh, well, we will abuse him accordingly because uh, he just couldn't make the show. He has some other things like honeydew lists or something he said that, uh, you know, the captain of his household had come down on him about and said, hey, uh, priorities here, and, and, and so... <laughs> That's why he's not here, and uh, I, I think we would be the victim of all of that uh, if, if we had the same type of uh, captain at our household. Are you with me on that, Mike? You think she would <laughs> yeah, went he's out?
2: Not here to defend himself either.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, so I mean, you know, he's a wuss. He's whipped or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but we all are. So <laughs> he's
2: a smart man. He's a very smart man.
1: Yeah. Okay. Exactly. He's wiser than the rest of us. Who are bucking the system? All right, so uh, we got a lot of stuff to cover today, uh, Captain Patrick. I'll just hand it off to you. What do you think? What do we got?
3: Well, wanted to get into some listener eh, email, if you will. Okay. So if you if you are smart, like the majority of our listeners, you are probably following us on Facebook. If not, you should, mm-hmm. um, or certainly be checking out the worldofvoting.com dot com website because. There's always the chance that if you pose a question, um, it may be answered actually in real time and, and not in a delayed basis. So the exchange that I had with super listener Jeff, I won't put in his last name because some people don't like that uh, in this era of uh, the Internet uh, stalkiness that happens. Uh, no, by Jeff the way, is-, is he a super listener or super fan? He is a super fan extraordinaire, really. Level, okay, level three, wow. and that's based. That's based primarily on the one thousand comments he's posted about you. Oh, so he
1: is a fan. Got it. Uh, not of you. Keep moving along. Just <laughs> uh, don't don't stop. Just go.
3: Okay, so we had a, a discussion in real time, mm-hmm. and he had some some interesting questions. Things that probably boaters. Uh, think about but they they yeah i'm not going to ask that because i'm a guy and i don't want to look stupid right but the the, the great thing is the anani- the uh the anonymous nature of the internet you can be as stupid as you want not that jeff is uh-huh. but you could be as stupid as you want and ask questions and uh be feel relatively safe
1: okay so this so- is your like inside boating voice talking to you and he actually let it out via the web and uh asked what exactly
3: Okay, so our conversation started with generators and uh proper way to run those and should he run his blower while the generator is running? Yes, yes, yes. Um uh, most systems probably in the last ten to fifteen years the, the blowers are designed to come on automatically when the generator is on. If not, yes, 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 the blower should be running if the generator's on. Okay. Unless you're unless you're one of these people that has decided to Mount an auxiliary unit on your swim platform. <laughs> Don't be that person, please. Uh, but if you are, then your blower running really doesn't matter. Uh, depending on where you're plumbed into your fuel source, hopefully you're running off an auxiliary tank and have not cut into the fuel lines, um, down in the engine room. And
1: the reason so you want to do this is.
3: Why you want to run the blowers while yeah. your generators running, uh-huh. because it keeps up with the exchange of air, removes any vapors that may gather, uh, Generally, in, in case so, you
1: yeah. yeah, you in don't want to have a spark at that point if you are uh trapping those vapors,
3: well, you shouldn't have a spark if every because everything down in your engine room should be uh, if spark you haven't free. changed anything out <laughs> yeah, ignition protected yeah, okay, so you shouldn't wind up with sparking mm-hmm. down in the engine room unless you've gone and done a big no no right. like put an automotive part on your engine instead of getting the more expensive marine. Uh, part that needed to be changed like an alternator or starter so right but
1: so um, despite the fact that the trapped fumes might create a light uh, headedness that some people may enjoy it's not advisable to have such a, a scenario on your vessel
3: sure <laughs> <laughs>
2: I, yeah i mean it, the, the, the one, one of the main things to be concerned about of course is uh is an exhaust leak and uh, i can tell you from experience um running the boat one time a few years ago, uh, and I was up, uh, I was in an idle speed zone, and I started hearing this chirping noise. It turned out to be my CO1 sensors Yeah, in the cabin.
3: Yeah, that's actually further, further down in our discussion, because he asked about running the generator overnight. You know, can they be run overnight? Yes. Uh, and generators are designed to be run overnight if needed, with properly working CO detectors, which mm-hmm. should be checked at least monthly Um, and note that with a lot of CO detectors, if they start to chirp or beep, you know, it could be a variety of things. You could have, it could be detecting, uh, presence of CO on new boats, especially with the way the new boats are constructed with a lot of, um, uh, construction adhesive, um, you know, acro things like that. When those, when, when those materials off gas, those can create some vapors on a new boat that may take a little while to dissipate. But when they start chirping, like you haven't run your boat, nothing's and they just start chirping, those CO detectors have an end-of-life alarm. CO detectors do not last forever. Three to five years, five if you're really lucky.
1: Hmm. Okay, I I was actually boating with Barry the Boater once. He had an exhaust leak. It didn't sound like chirping, though.
3: Barry's got an outboard. Open center console.
1: Sounded more like. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if it had anything to do with his sensors, but I tell you what, I didn't receive it very well. Just me?
3: (laughs) Is that just me? Really? (laughs) Well, how many birds died? (laughs) So then, as and this conversation with Jeff, you know, via uh, instant messaging went on for quite a while. Uh, But that's the type of show we are. We were going to put ourselves out there, and by we, I mean me, mm-hmm. uh, because Greg could care less, and Mike is too busy actually being on his boat to pay any attention to any instant messaging. Plus, we haven't given him access. So. Right. Okay, so uh, keep
1: uh, proper ventilation is the moral of this story. Well, that's and how the And your conversation- batteries uh, on your sensors uh, up to speed, right? Or keep them in check.
3: Uh, oftentimes, those CO detectors are not run via battery. You have some portable ones that maybe oftentimes they're going to be hardwired into the 12-volt system on the boat.
1: Yeah, but you so said three off, to five-year shelf life for what, the correct. sensor itself
3: inside there for, or what? For for the CO detector as a whole for that circuit board before it starts to, uh, it, it's going to reach an end of life and people will balk at the cost of replacing them because you could be looking at about $150 per and if you've got a boat, say like Mike's, Where there should be one in every living compartment of the boat, you may have. What do you got? About ten living compartments in that thing, Mike? Hmm. No, it's 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 (laughs) two.
2: No, it's uh, it's got two staterooms. I know, and, and of course the salon and the galley are in the same. Space. So it yeah. has three CO one alarms plus two portable ones that I buy and just place.
1: Right? Do you just get them on like, a like calendar reminder, of, like every three to five years, and that kind of thing, or is it, you wait for the sensor to? Go
2: yeah. Off? Well, these are all these these were all or replaced alert. right when I bought the boat, so yeah. they're they're still well, well within their lifetime. But I always supplement whatever's on the boat with uh, with uh, mobile battery powered
3: CO one sensors. Got it. Smart man.
1: There you go. See, you can learn uh, from Mike the Mariner.
3: So as as our conversation continued, then we got into average life of marine engines. Uh, you know, uh, people look at, you know, the hours on engines and is that good? Is it bad? And there's really no real answer because it all depends on how the engines were maintained. Mm-hmm. You can find a a 10-year-old boat with a, it's got 200 hours on the engines. Wow, this is a low hour boat. It's like finding a car that's 10 years old and it's only got 15,000 miles on it. Okay, not necessarily great for a car either, unless it's been stored properly while it hasn't been being used. Right. Boats need to be run. The longer they sit and don't get used, the further they'll get away from you in regard to the, the, the maintenance end of things, especially with engines. So as we got into this conversation, you know, you're looking at on on average, you're looking at fifteen hundred hours uh, major overhaul, like on a on a marine gas engine, and figuring that most boaters only use their boat on average. Now this isn't like Mike, who uses he's out on his you know every week, but the average boater only uses their boat about fifty hours a year or less. You have to factor in boaters up in the upper Midwest, the Northeast. Uh, The Pacific Northwest, their boating season is four months.
1: There you go. So be like Mike. It has a ring to it, doesn't it? You know? Uh, Yeah. The more you run, the less you rust. There you go. Something like that. All right. More coming up on the World of Boating.
0: You're listening to the World of Boating Radio Network. Spa, facial, but nothing too remote because I'm a people person. I like to socialize. Islands are good? Islands are great. All right. I'm thinking... (gasps) I love the Bahamas. I've never been there. I've always wanted to go. We can get you to the Pink Sands Beach. We can fly you direct into Nassau. This is perfect. Let's do it. Bahamas. Bahamas. Here I come, baby. Bahamas. Bahamas Mama. You got the biggest house in town. Bahamas Mama.
1: This is the world of voting. Gregor first mate, Captain Patrick, Mike the Mariner, rounding out the crew. Uh, maybe heading to the Bahamas soon. I don't know. You have any uh, plans to take your vessel out of Sanford Marina and and cross the, you know, cross the, the Gulf Stream and head over that way?
2: Yeah, actually, uh, we are planning either next year, uh, maybe uh, maybe uh, next next fall, yeah. to start moving the boat around the state a little bit.
1: But but and, but till uh, then you're going to stay uh, freshwater stuff. Is that the deal?
2: Yeah, right now just because of work and things like that. If right. I had more time off, obviously I'd I'd be on the boat running it other places. But uh, we're going to probably take it up to Georgia okay. uh, for a for a week long trip and, yeah. and maybe Baby go to steps. Savannah and back.
1: Yeah, because mm-hmm. that's going to be a little bit more intense. Uh, salt water creates all kinds of extra problems. But uh we'll we'll deal with that another day when Mike the Mariner's ready to do that. Captain Patrick has been mm-hmm. corresponding with a uh scoop or well with, with a world of boating superfan, big fan of mine evidently, uh, according to Patrick. And what's his name again? I should know this is, but What
3: is his name? His name his name is Jeff. Jeff uh, you thank should you know for you should support. know the name of your super fan well
1: that's why i asked i just want to make sure you know i know uh you you said earlier he's a huge fan of me personally which you know
3: i didn't really say that there's
1: something obviously wrong with him but i'll take it uh so jeff big mm-hmm. super fan of me uh wanted to you know kind of tap captain patrick's brain a little bit on uh engine maintenance and and uh lifespans and things like that and then and then it kind of turned into you know I don't know what else
3: okay so then we got down into uh what what evolved into the proper way to run your boat to which there really isn't a one size fits all answer because you've got so many variables but this is the the gist of the conversation we had so Jeff is running a 30 foot twin engine cruiser. Uh, he's got Volvo Penta 5.0 engines. Okay. Nice. Uh, he told me, he told me he rarely runs above 3,500 RPM. He usually stays around 1500 RPM. Do you think that is better or worse for the engine? So my response is it's good to run the engines, uh, WOT wide open throttle from time to time as long as conditions are safe to do so. Mm-hmm. If you're running at a slow plane or loafing, that is, the boat is above idle but not on plane. And this this conversation we're having is with planing hull boats, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not a good way to run an engine. Uh, just because the, the engine is going to be straining, you're burning unnecessary fuel, you're you're putting unnecessary wear. And really, if you've got the ability, if the conditions are present to where you can get the boat up on top, get it on plane, find your, your proper trim angle, and then back off the throttles to a comfortable cruising speed. That's what you should do. Loafing or just letting that boat plow, you know, the, the bow is up. You're just kind of pushing water at that point. You're, you're actually, you, you're going to take longer to get to your destination. You actually wind up putting more time on the engine uh, in addition to unnecessary, Uh, where burning unnecessary fuel, Uh, it's really not a great way to run a boat like that. So finding that sweet spot, as I said, where your boat is on plane, you're running optimal trim, and uh, speed is preferable uh, to slow speeds. So, you know, that's kind of where you want to look at being with your boat.
1: Well, you're talking about efficiency, uh, to a certain extent, but what about the engine uh wear and tear? Is it better to go at a constant speed all the time or mix it up? It, it sounds like uh, you know it might be better to kind of mix it up, where you 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 blow it, you know, you you push the limits every now and then, then you go slow, then you go. I mean, is that kind of what he's asking though, too, Patrick?
3: No, he was he was just he he generally runs his boat, like I said, just above three thousand RPM, which most boats, probably about that size, with twin five O's. You're you're probably about twenty eight miles an hour at that point. You're probably turning about thirty five hundred RPM. Right, but you so said
1: on, that if if he's in a situation where he can safely push it a little bit every now and then, uh-huh. he, he's he's better off doing that. Is that as just as,
3: as opposed as it? opposed as opposed to where he stated where he's running at fifteen hundred RPM, which is where he generally tends to run his boat. Fifteen hundred mm-hmm. is, isn't you're not you're you're not at idle. You know, you're just not into that first notch coming out of neutral, and you're not on plane either. Yeah. So it's really not a great way to run a boat like that,
1: Mike the Mariner. Yeah, what say you? Yeah,
3: yeah that that uh, it,
2: that that's exactly right. There's two 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 areas to run a boat uh, in general, and that is um, displacement or up on plane for a planing hull boat. If you're in that gray area where you're plowing, you're you're burning a whole lot more fuel. And that is really rough on the engine because you're, you're, uh, the, the engine's loaded um, high on the torque curve and you've got a lot of fuel dumping into the cylinders, which is, is uh, uh, adding more wear and tear. I would say that most boat manufacturers um, create a performance chart for each of their boats, for each of the engine packages that they have, and they have what's called a best cruise speed typically on that chart. Hmm. And it's basically the best blend between fuel efficiency and, uh, and speed. It's not wide open throttle. It's call it maybe 75% throttle or something like that. Right. And that, that's the chart that uh, he should reference because that really gives him an idea of where he should be running his engines you know, on a, on a constant basis.
3: Yeah. Now, you, you factor in the way the boat's loaded. You factor in weather and uh, water conditions. It may not be preferable to get to have that boat up on top running at that point because, you know, Mm -hmm. you're in you're on your way back from a trip. And, you know, you did your marine forecast, but the weather, you know, you ran in a little bit behind. The weather takes a turn. You get caught. You know, you're not going to run at uh, 28, 32 miles an hour in, you know, six foot swells uh, because you're going to get the living snot beat out of you and you're going to destroy your boat. Right. you know so you, you factor in it with this we would say that for sake of argument or the sake of this conversation we're running the boat in what we would consider to be optimal conditions uh flat to light chop uh minimal wind uh light load you know just a pleasant day out on the water the proper way to run that boat and when we get into that you have to remember that a lot of these boats, especially in that size that are set up with trim tabs and things like that, uh, you always want to start out with the out drive tucked all the way down. Uh, you want the tabs all the way up. And I'll tell you why when we come back. On the world of boating, stay close.
0: Listening to the World of Boating Radio Network.
1: This is the World of Boating. Greg, your first mate, Captain Patrick, Mike the Mariner, rounding out the crew as we navigate the latest boating news and information and, I don't know, share. Captain Patrick's correspondence with uh, Superfan Jeff. Uh, you guys sounded like you had quite the dialogue back and forth on it, how it, to manage his uh, vessel and engine and all that stuff, right?
3: Yeah, it was it was fairly lengthy, but you know, it's it's what I do. It's what I've been doing, hmm. um, and I'm not. I don't consider myself an expert. I just consider myself fairly knowledgeable. I've been doing it for a long time. I've been assisting customers, right. doing yacht deliveries, doing yeah. a lot of training. And in the end, you're going to do what you want to do, regardless of the way that you've been taught. It kind of evolves into your own thing. Right. But the main thing with when you've got a planing hull boat like this, where you have the ability to trim your out drives, and if you have trim tabs, is when we're coming out of idle speed and we're going to go get the boat up on top, is make sure your drives are tucked all the way in. Most most boat manufacturers are probably going to have a negative transom angle so that those drives get tucked way in and under to help push that hull up out of the water when you advance the throttle. And here's the big thing. When you're going to put the boat up on top, it's coming out of your idle speed, advance those throttles all the way forward. You are not going to hurt the engines. You're not going to hurt the out drives. Y- you will eventually wind up doing it. If you kind of slow, creep it, creep it, creep it, creep it. Don't punch it for lack of a better term, get mm-hmm. the boat up on top, then start to trim up your drives back off your throttle And if you've got trim tabs, by all means, use them, even if you've got a light load, because the quicker you can get that boat up on top, and by deploying those tabs, it's going to do just that, then retract the tabs, then trim your drive. It's that much less fuel you're going to wind up burning. It's that much less stress you're going to put up on the engines, and you're going to be up and underway a lot quicker. If your boat is equipped with auto tabs, if you're equipped with PTC, um, uh you know trim control uh to where it's going to do it automatically for you and I'm not it's great features everybody's got their own preference i like doing it myself you know i don't like setting the trim preferences via you know if my boat tvc well it's like automatic trim versus automatically.
1: standard right you're a gear no. shifter kind of guy. Absolutely different. You, no, it's the same exact thing. You prefer to have, be in control. I know you, Patrick. Come on. Don't lie to me. Yes? No. Okay.
0: You're listening to the World of Boating Radio Network.
3: captain of this party i'm captain jack i'm captain of the ship ah. i'm also captain of anyone who sets foot on the ship hi welcome it. in an office when you are ranking people manager is higher than captain on a boat who knows it's nebulous.
1: This is the World of Boating. Greg, your first mate, Captain Patrick, Mike, the mariner, rounding out the crew. Welcome to the Ship of Fools today as we uh, attempt to navigate the latest boating news and information and just talk about how to make your uh, water adventures just that much more enjoyable. And I guess that's kind of what we're doing today, aren't we,
3: Patrick? Well, certainly want your time out on the water to be enjoyable. And in this particular conversation... It's really how to maintain the life of your engine, not do any unnecessary damage or harm to it, and really uh, maybe learn a couple things. Because, again, as guys, um, and I say this because I have uh, instructed both men and women, and I will say unequivocally that women are much better students because they really pay attention. They take notes. They... they I... I don't have a uh a, a, a scientific reason behind it other than guys think they know everything and you can't tell them anything because they don't want to look emasculated in front of their significant other yeah yeah um,
1: yeah whatever captain exactly. Patrick is available ladies and so you would <laughs> get the gist
3: now it, so it, it's really this conversation hopefully you find something in there that you maybe didn't know, uh, hopefully all of it you agree with. And if there's something you don't agree with, let Greg know, because this was all his idea. Well Okay. So now, I, I get credit. Thank you. Yeah. Now we're going to move into uh, a real-life case scenario on how to run your boat, and that's how uh, Mike the Mariner runs his. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Mike... So-
1: you take well, all of Captain Patrick's advice and and uh make it practical in in the real world or what?
2: Uh, well kind of um, I mean <laughs> I, I have a diff- I have I have a slightly different I have a slightly right. different I have I have uh diesel boards. so uh diesels uh come with a chart that that uh, give you operating parameters for, for RPMs and things like that. So for instance with uh with Cummins diesels like I have um they have a, what's called a maximum rpm rating and my particular engines have a 3,000 rpm maximum rating uh, and that's that, that means you can do for a short time 3,000 rpms and not damage the engine but that's just for a short time it's not supposed to be a long term you know wide open throttle um, operating parameter um, and then they tell you in the uh, in the manual that long term rpm Uh, should be no more than 80% of that value. So that's 2,400 RPMs. So I routinely run my engines to 2,400 RPMs uh, for, uh, call it maybe a quarter of most of my trips. And then the rest of the time, I'm at 1,600 RPMs, usually because of where I am in the river, places like that. But um and I'm I, I'm a little bit of a nut because I go calculate my fuel burn and do all those types of things based on number of hours and gallons gallons uh, added back and and things like that but um I get some eye opening information sometimes um uh, for instance uh this past week for the second time in a row I I charted my my fuel intake and calculated my average fuel burn over the last two tankfuls of diesel. Yeah. And and all in with the generator running, uh I'm averaging 5.6 to 6.2 gallons per hour. Okay, what were but, you expecting? But, That's the big question, right? I was expecting it to be twice that. You know, the, the boat I had before was gas powered and it was more than twice that. Um uh, based so on So you're my, like saving the planet. Averages.
3: You could get another boat. But yeah. but your but your boat what type of hull is your boat Mike? It, it is a planing hull. Um it's a
2: it's a Silverton 39. It's a planing hull. Uh that said it's not a very fast boat. You know, cruising at 2400 RPMs I'm doing about 15 knots, about 17 miles an hour. So um, borderline it's a trawler. I can run it like a in fact, I usually run it like a trawler. I usually run about 10 knots at uh 1600 rpms and uh at that at and that, that does the rate, job I'm,
1: right for right. what you're trying to do
2: yeah and then the other thing about diesels is you know when you run low rpms for an extended period of time uh you you do need to clear the turbos and then and you, you do that by running them you know up up to a, a, a cruising speed so i typically on the way back from a trip you know when i'm coming across lake monroe if the if there are no other, no other boats around because this boat throws off a pretty big wake, um, I'll ramp it up
3: and and cruise across the lake, you know, now, at a higher rate of speed. You're 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 a planing hull. Your inboard diesels, uh, straight shaft, right? Yes. All right. So straight shafts. Each shaft turning a single screw. Two rudders. Correct. Yes. Uh, any idea? And I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out at you because I know the type of boater you are. So I expect you have this answer because it's and what you said about the way you calculate your fuel burn and taking all that, that's not nutty. That's just being a good conscientious boater that wants to understand his vessel. Because when things start to look different than that, you know, you got a problem. I right. mean, you are for, for your very zen with your boat. And I, I really like boaters that do that. Um, because it just, you, you've got a better idea when things are starting to go wrong. He's got his baseline you, set now. You know it. Yeah. Yeah. So, when you're running, let's say at optimum speed, do you know the angle of the boat in relation to water? I mean, are you running, you know, ten degrees up at the bow? Is it? Is it five? Is it? I, I, I I've never calculated it, but
2: uh, so the other thing that I I'm, I'm a nut about is uh, trim tabs. You mentioned that earlier. Mm-hmm. So, typically, what I'll do is I'll pick an RPM. So, let's say 2,400 RPMs, because that's that is the the, the cruising. RPM range uh, on plane um and then I start playing with the trim tabs and watching my speed and once I optimize my speed without changing the throttles I know I'm at the maximum cruise speed and I'm also at the most efficient cruise speed at that RPM because speed equals efficiency at the same RPM uh parameter right so if I'm for 4- 2400 RPMs and I'm playing with the tabs and I get another 1 knot or one and a half and a half knots out of the boat just by playing with the trim tabs uh, I'm getting more efficient and and better speed by
3: optimizing my uh, angle there now, are you, go. you running are you running Bennett yes the tried so the tried and true uh, the, mm-hmm. the, the 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 works forever um, uh, hydraulic system do, do you ever mm-hmm. see a a need or that you would desire auto tabs no Never. Thank you.
2: Mm. No, no, this boat's a toggle switch boat. I mean, the only high technology I have on this boat is my navigation system. Everything else is toggle switches. It's all old
1: school, to a certain all extent. Old you school. might as well be a yep. sailor, like a pirate. There, Mike. Hey, I, I got to go back though and ask. So, you're doing five to six gallons per hour on fuel burn. You said you you thought it was going to be double that. Why did you think it was going to be double that? Just from like the previous owner, what he told you, or cool, what?
2: Uh, no, no, just previous experience with my previous boat. Once wow. I had uh, done, you know, done that with the previous boat, which is, was a smaller boat, but had twin chevy big blocks in it, big 454s, uh, the fuel burn was substantially more. And this boat's twice as heavy as that boat, hmm. um, and, but you know, and I just really did not have in, in top of mind the big difference in fuel
3: burn between Diesels and, and gas. Uh, Engines, you, you know the the uh, 53 that we used to build when we put the Cummins diesel in that with the Zeus pods, uh, 1.1 1. 1 at cruise. That was our 1. fuel word. 1. Wow, 1.1
2: 1. 1 miles per gallon.
3: Yep. Hmm. Yeah.
2: So I'm so I calculated that too, and uh, at 1600 RPMs, I'm getting almost three miles per gallon. At 2400 RPMs, I'm getting exactly one mile per gallon
3: okay and and bear in mind with with the straight shaft b drive pod drives your only trim characteristic that you have other than the shape of the hull bottom is going to be your trim tabs so for all intents and purposes the boat is going to run the way it runs you very little you're going to be able to do you don't have out drives that you can trim up to get more hull up out of the water out of out and you know increase your efficiency that way so it's it's a it's really knowing your boat as i said kind of zen becoming one with it which mike has done and that's where he's able to optimize you know his fuel load his fuel burn with his time out on his water which makes his time out on the water that much more enjoyable because he's got more money to spend on other stuff
1: absolutely you had to be ecstatic when you uh, saw those numbers <clears throat>
2: weren't you oh i was uh, yeah right so i mean uh, with the other boat used to cost me uh, up close to 50 bucks an hour this one's 21 bucks an hour
1: there you go that's a bargain in today's uh, market so there you go more coming up on the world of boating stay close
0: you're listening to the world of boating radio network You have successfully navigated the sea of commerce and now are clear to cruise with the world of boating. I do like the one. The radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle. Sun, the sea air, good friends. Brought to you by worldofboating.com, your internet portal for the boating enthusiast.
3: Dude, you were right, Carmen. Your Uncle Roy has a sweet boat. Yeah, and
0: I know what they say, money came back.
1: This is the World of boating. Greg, your first mate, Captain Patrick, Mike the Mariner, rounding out the crew as we navigate the latest boating news and information and celebrate the fact that uh, Mike the Mariner bought him a boat that's way more fuel-efficient than he thought, uh, which means more time to enjoy the water and to run that puppy from here to eternity and just uh, enjoy life out on the water. That's what it's all about.
3: Right, Mike? Well, cr- Absolutely, yeah. Well, of course, of course, his new boat cost him ten times what the old boat cost. Shh, so quiet. he's kind of a break-even.
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't think that's accurate. Actually, you got a pretty good deal on that vessel, didn't you?
2: I I, I did. Yeah. I, I lucked out. You know, we've all talked about the market. The you know how crazy the boat markets are, both uh, in the uh, pre-owned and and new. And uh, I can't believe I found this boat. There you go. <laughs> for, right. for the price I for the price I was able to pay mike the boat
3: found you right yes, you know what we're gonna have to the it
1: spend the holidays out there with the world of boating crew on mike's boat at some point here i'd say between now and uh you know christmas what do you say mike you up for that come on down all right come see down. we've been Let's invited
3: all right we invited right. ourselves, patrick yeah mike, mike will let you look at it longingly uh from the dock <laughs> okay well whatever uh, whatever as he we passes do. by and waves Look how fuel efficient I am, guys! <laughs> so much more fuel efficient without YouTube bozos on board. Yeah. Possibly,
2: this boat ignores weight. It doesn't matter if I have ten people on it or or one. It it is the same speed at the same RPM. Doesn't matter. Right. Yeah,
3: that's that. That is the beautiful thing uh, that I've seen with uh, not only the Cummins, but my experience through the years. Uh, you know, the Volvo Penta diesels, the Yanmars. That dark, dark period in manufacturing when we were using Iveco diesels. Oh my Uh, God. The Italian ones. Oh my God. Hmm. (laughs) Never, ever, ever, ever again.
2: One of my dock neighbors uh, had a boat with uh, twin Ivecos in it. And uh, he started it up one day and completely filled, you know, we're in a covered slip, completely filled this covered slip area with black smoke hmm. I mean you you couldn't see it was hilarious, it's kind of like a
1: boating skid mark, so to speak <laughs> yeah. anyway. the the
3: the, right. the the going back to when we were doing those I mean they had these idiot light buttons that we had to install on the consoles. It was the most ridiculous for a diesel engine, which is other than maybe the new electric probably the easiest thing to 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 make run just absolutely stupid um it was it was far too they made it far too complex for what it was yeah it was Uh, all the injectors their their injector design was horrible i did not enjoy those at all so um as we were talking about the really the the proper way to run your boat again no one size fits all answer it's going to vary from the type of boat you've got uh to the conditions you're in the way you're loaded. But hopefully, maybe you you picked up something that uh, you didn't know or you can pass along with somebody else. And that kind of brings us to uh, how a boat is driven greatly determines how long the engine stays healthy. And it would be really helpful not to do any of these seven things. Uh, Number one, dry starts. Dry starts. You always want to be dry when you're starting your boat, don't you? No, that's when you're, if you've got a stern drive and, or an outboard and you're completely up out of the water and, oh, let me just crank it over to make sure it starts before we go in the water. Don't do that. Hmm. Okay. no, no dry, no dry starts. And we've all been in the water, around the water long enough, boat ramps and stuff where you see that guy or lady backs in and they start the engine up and the prop is clear of the water and they put it in gear and the boat's not going anywhere and it's just it's just flinging water everywhere and you know everybody's yelling at him lower the drive lower the drive mm. and he's just waving at everybody like I'm the guy I'm the guy hey thanks everybody <laughs> um yeah dry starts are bad um you only have about 15 seconds of cumulative dry running time before you you do damage to your impeller um so Fifteen seconds goes pretty quick um, in the marine life. Uh, excessive warm ups really not necessary, especially with the newer the newer boats, uh, newer engines. Going back, say, uh, well, go to the throttle body, um, MPI, uh, EVC uh, era. You know that we're in now. Really, don't need the excessive warm up. Um, and if you've got a throttle body, if you've got MPI. Uh, if you 've got e v c any of those things where you know your injector putting it in throttle only <laughs> prior to starting the engine and nailing that that throttle back and forth, pumping it like you would your accelerator pedal isn 't going to do anything um it, it, it's it 's not going to help uh if you have a carbureted boat, yeah, but uh injectors no don't don't don 't do that it 's not not going to help get the engine started
1: yeah, but uh, it may sound <laughs> impressive to the people around you. No
3: no no the ki- no the kids it, are into that kind of thing it it does not okay uh slow slow shifting if we're shifting close quarter maneuvering, don't hesitate in and out of gear fully back and forth, you know neutral forward, neutral, reverse, don't do it to the point where you're you're moving it slowly and you can hear the outdrive gear that ratcheting yeah
1: that don't. that was my impression.
3: Yeah, that's, that's at the end of the no-no. That's what it would sound like before it completely grenades. You got so, 30 seconds
1: for the rest. What do we got?
3: Slow planing, which we uh, talked about. Improper trim, which we also talked about. Suboptimal speeds, which we kind of talked about. And aggressive driving in rough water, Greg.
1: That's just fun. That's just part of the fun of boating, isn't it? You do that with someone else's boat. Okay, not your own. So, uh, Mike, my advice to Mike, yeah, yeah, don't let me uh, <laughs> take control. And on that <laughs> note, uh, we'll wrap it up for this week. Till next time, remember: whether it's sail or motor,
2: life is better. Life is better as a as motor.
0: a boater.
1: Safe boating, everyone. Questions or comments, feel free to do so via the web at worldofboating.com.